Recognizing the smartphone as one of the most significant pieces of technology ever invented, our next guest has made it his life's pursuit to leverage this technology to bring fundamental change to how people understand their health. Vlado Bosanak, co-founder and head of strategy at Advanced Human Imaging, joins us to discuss how his company has developed a proprietary dimensioning innovation that enables users to privately and accurately check, track, and assess their body dimensions and composition using only a smartphone. Additionally, Vlado shares how advancements in mathematics, computer vision, and artificial intelligence have fueled his company's human scanning technology to become a leading global innovation. Join us for this fascinating conversation as Vlado shares where advanced human imaging is today and what is in store for the future as he and his team advance human imaging with a smartphone. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Vlado. A big, big welcome to our podcast. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, given your deep knowledge and expertise in biomedical devices, technology, and healthcare, and your passion to bring fundamental change to how people understand their health and the risks they pose to themselves through their lifestyle, I'm eager to have our conversation today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Vlado, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Advanced Human Imaging team are building a global leading human imaging company that lives in the most used electronic device on the planet, the smartphone. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Absolutely. I think if there was one piece of advice I'd give people is don't be scared to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you that can help you deliver that dream. That's really, really easy for me, Vlado. I mean, it's very easy for me. <laughs> Joking aside, I couldn't agree more, right? I mean, that's the part of healthcare that has me just coming back day in and day out. I've given my whole career to this industry, healthcare innovation. There's always something to learn, right? This is such a complex space. There's always something on the horizon. There's always something new. There's always something to learn. And I just love the fact that I get, you know, just for myself on this podcast, talking about surrounding yourself with smart people, I get to do this every single interview, hanging out with troublemakers just like you. How important has that been on your journey, you know, dedicating yourself to finding those smart people, surrounding you, your company with them? How has that been helpful in the success of your company? Oh, listen, it's absolutely been pivotal in not only attaining the results we have with the technology, but to be able to keep achieving the highest levels. You know, when you look at advanced human imaging as an organization, I surround myself with incredible people when that comes to the coding of the applications, the development of the applications, the vision I put forward in regards to the kind of capabilities I want to empower an individual to be able to access via their smartphone. And I'm a concept guy, I'm a strategy guy. I build ideas. 
and thoughts, whereas I have people around me that say, well, this is how we're going to get the nuts and bolts on this thing put together. It's not a matter of just passing them a 10 mil spanner. There's a lot more to it. No, there really is. And was younger Vlado of this mindset, right? I know younger Mike, oh, I know it all. I got this thing under control. I got it, everything under wrap. I'm good. Was younger Vlado like this as well? Listen, I've got to tell you from a very young age, I refused to take social welfare checks or unemployment, as we call it here in Australia. I was one of the few of my peers that didn't want to go down the shopping center on a weekend and drink a chocolate milk and smoke a cigarette and talk to my friends. I was mowing lawns. I was doing the milk round. I was doing things to be able to get forward in life. When I turned 17 and I got my driver's license, which is the age you can get it in this country, I bought my first car. So I was always that guy that stepped forward and went outside of the comfort zone to you know achieve things financially, albeit at 17 years of age, which was many, many years ago now. The amount of money I earned was probably what you spend on lunch today. But having said that, I think it's embedded. I think as humans, we have an embedded way forward that we hope to execute on. No, absolutely. I love it. And it does start early at times as well, no doubt about it. Vlada, we have a lot to discuss today. You guys have been at it now for over nine years with Advanced Human Imaging. We're going to discuss all of that, all of the good trouble you and the team have been causing over there. Can't wait to hear the story and how you guys and the company has been surrounding yourself with world-class experts over this almost decade journey. We're going to unpack all of that after we get back from thinking our community champion sponsor. Salesforce, the global CRM leader, empowers companies of every size and industry to digitally transform and create a 360-degree view of their customers. Salesforce's Patient 360 and Customer 360 power the business of health, helping the healthcare and life sciences industries reshape how they operate and collaborate for better outcomes. Salesforce delivers trusted health solutions from anywhere with an integrated suite of industry-specific apps, from omni-channel care and sales to patient services and beyond. Salesforce's expert community of healthcare trailblazers and leading industry partners help inspire and drive change. And Salesforce supports you in adapting for what's next with a scalable and interoperable platform. Salesforce believes the future of health is connected. Do you? To learn more, visit salesforce.com slash business of health. All right, we are back with Vlado Bosanak, co-founder and head of strategy at Advanced Human Imaging. Vlado, you really set us up on the front end. There is no doubt if we're going to continue to push healthcare, healthcare innovation, healthcare technology forward, we have to surround ourselves with the right people, smart people that can always challenge the status quo, you know, assume nothing, challenge everything is a mindset I love to live by as I continue to help move this industry forward. Sounds like a lot of the same things you guys are pushing over there as well. But of course, Vlado, Advanced Human Imaging, it's not a brand new startup. This company's been around for a number of years now. Can't wait to discuss how things are going today, where you're going tomorrow, the success you guys are finding around the world, and how we can be helping you. But first, Vlado, how did this come to be in the first place? What were the aha moments? Where were those things where you said, you know what, we need to formalize this company? As we mentioned, you know, when, and before we started recording, I also agree, the smartphone was one of the things that absolutely transformed life as we know it. Was it that time? Like, how did this all come together? Take us insider view of how this organization came to be. What were those aha moments? Hit us with it, Vlado. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah, great. Listen, Mike, to be quite honest with you, there wasn't one aha moment. There was a step, a concept, a belief, a need. But if you look at this longitudinally over the last nearly nine years, the steps and changes and pivots that we do as passionate pioneers 
are things that erupt in the market, changes in the world, requirements and needs of consumers, and there are so many things that create that pivot. But if I looked at the the inception of the company, it was back in 2014, sitting and having a glass of wine with a very dear friend who was a exercise physiologist, and he was working with some technology that was recording athletes to uh, see their gait, power, strength, and motion, and why they were injuring themselves through their chosen professional sport. And as a sports physiologist, he was working on adaptive programs to not only show that athlete why he was hurting himself, but then how to change lifetime habits on the chosen sport that were the cause of these injuries. And when he was doing this through video recordings, he was turning it into an avatar and basically measuring force versus gait to see why an athlete would tear a hamstring or hurt an elbow or so on. When I saw that, I said to him, gee, I'd love to know if that technology could actually measure the person as in length, dimension, circumference. He straight away said to me, hey, I'm a, not an engineer on these sort of things. I'm the guy using some technology, but I'm more than happy to introduce you to the gentleman that built this technology. And here we are nearly nine years in. Dr. Amar Esalam was that particular gentleman that was introduced to me. He still works with me now today in the company. He's our longest standing employee. Great guy, super smart. So when I talk about surrounding myself with people that are way smarter than me, I had a vision. It's like I drew it in black and white and he turned it into color. The guy is a genius. He's a computer vision engineer. He's a image processing expert. He's actually built the Australian Institute of Sports video musculoskeletal assessment system. So this is a guy that understands the human form, how to deal with it and how to track it and measure it if you like. The concept I came up with was somewhat different to what he'd been working on. I wanted to measure a human. And let me tell you why. The reason I wanted to measure myself is I was a big dude back in the day. I was a bodybuilder, 108 kilos, little waist, huge shoulders, big arms, nothing ever fit. So I thought, gee, if I could use a mobile phone to measure myself, I could actually buy clothing online that would fit when it arrived. Because if I bought it from the US, I had to be a 150 kilo linebacker. I was not. If I bought it in Australia, it was too small. It was a win-lose. The companies would win, I would lose. I'm one of those lazy people that never sends anything back. So I thought this is a problem that needed solving. But that was sort of the entry point. As we sort of progressed and we spent quite a bit of money getting it to what we would call an MVP, we looked at the marketplace and one of the things that I wanted to do before I revealed my awesome idea to the world was get some protection around the patents and, and bits and pieces of the IP was uh, something I wanted to essentially be able to just lock down and own so that people didn't copy my wonderful idea. I had a look and had the lawyers do a deep dive and there were dozens of companies trying to do digital fit. So we thought, okay, that was not my original idea after all. So whilst we didn't abandon the digital fit, we sort of looked at, okay, where would this also work really, really well? Being a ex-competitive bodybuilder, to be able to digitally assess myself in my training again was something I thought would be something that a market would buy. The vanity involved in dieting, training, looking after yourself would pay for the capability. So rather than waste an hour with a trainer having him put calipers on you, run tape measures around you, which is really not that accurate from time to time, let's create a digital capability to measure a human. And that's what we went on to do. The world continued to change, and I can deep dive on this now or we can bring it back through later, but 
when you look at what's happened in the world with COVID, medical needs, insurance going digital and so on, we really did a hard pivot into this incredible capability we developed to measure the human form to identify not just dimension, but instead of BMI for insurers, replace it with real body composition. Everybody knows BMI is a horrible way to assess someone's total body fat. It's all insurers have had 50 years. So we went down that path. Happy to go deeper on that if you'd like me to, but we're on a a very, uh, if you like, solid road. And we're going to go there for sure, Vlado. I appreciate for setting the stage, but I want to stay on the topic, kind of that journey of how it all came together in the first place. So you're having that glass of wine. You're talking to the initial founder of the technology. Did you know immediately, because there's definitely several applications that you guys discuss on your website. We're going to unpack those in just a moment. But did you know at that time the true capabilities of what your friend had? And more importantly, at that time, were the technologies available? Were they already built? Or has it just been rapidly evolving what we think of the smartphone, you know, 2017 to now in, you know, almost 2023? were the capabilities changing rapidly, which then opened you and your team's eyes to these other applications, these other service lines, if you will. And then of course, we'll talk about current state of how, you know, COVID changed things and all that. But at that time, when you guys were starting to look at, uh, you know, more formalizing this company, going to other areas, were the capabilities there? Did you see that opportunity? Was the landscape changing rapidly on the technology side? In actual fact, the technology did not exist at all. The technology that I saw with my colleague was a video capturing capability to measure force and gait, nothing to do with circumference measurements or lengths. So when I took this problem to uh, Dr. Esalam to solve, it was new to him too. He could see the reasoning. He could see that it would make a lot of sense. He's not a commercial applications guy. He's a scientist. So we've got to look at it that way. And what might be best in a clinical environment is not best for consumer. Because whilst you might be best in market, it doesn't mean your product's good enough to sell to a consumer because they're highly critical of when it comes to accuracy and ease of use. So yeah, none of this existed. When I say there were multitudes of companies looking at doing digital fit, to this day, no one has solved that problem outside of AHI. We are the only company that I've come across. There are lots of them out there doing image capturing through devices and things, but they use what's called regression. And that's based on someone's height, weight, and gender. They make some guesses of what the waistline would be and so on. We don't do that. We actually digitally measure you across 12,000 data points. We lock those data points. And if they shift or change from one capture session to the next, we can identify the millimeters of change that have taken place. So it's a very different process. And our patents, which we are 50 plus deep on patents around the world, actually lock people out of doing it the way we do it. So if you like the black box is nice and tight. So it, no, it didn't exist. A lot of people trying to do it to this day, still trying to do it. I think probably the closest person to using or company, I should say, to using a digital capture with some actual capabilities would be Amazon with Halo. They've created a capture tool, which was a company that they bought called Body Labs back in 2017. They've worked on the AI behind that over the past five years expanded its capabilities. They've taken it not yet into clothing, which I think is probably the holy grail for them because they sell so much clothing through Amazon, but they've taken it more into the health and fitness world where they also attach it to a halo band wearable, which feeds other intrinsic data into an overall health assessment that they work on as an organisation. So again, very different to what we do, but to this date, it was novel. 
We created it. The ability to be so novel gave us an opportunity to patent and lock that down as uh, IP that's proprietary to the company, and we've continued to expand on it. I love it. I love it. Vlado, of course, we're going to talk about all the stuff that you were talking, you know, in regards to how the pandemic changed the landscape of the needs and where, you know, the opportunities are in the marketplace. We're going to go there in just a moment. But of course, I always love, I always love to hear the elevator pitch from some of those early founders, the, the folks that have been in the trenches since the inception. So with that, Vlado, pretend we're at a conference, we're walking down the hall, we see each other. I ask you, hey, Vlado, who is Advanced Human Imaging? Hit me with that elevator pitch. Advanced human images that are on-device mobile capturing technology that assesses risk and delivers health risk assessment through a HRA, allowing people to understand as a human where they are at a single point in time and what care they might require. Short and sweet and succinct. I absolutely love it. It was a three-story building. I didn't have a lot of time. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And tell us just for our community that may be new to this area, what is HRA? HRA is a health risk assessment. So in your doctor's world, they would call it electronic medical record. What we do is we use our digital capture capabilities to run biometrics across the human form or you as an individual, being vital signs, body dimension, composition. And from that, we can extract digital blood lipid readings around HbA1c, around hemoglobin, around your uh, cholesterols and so on. We're able to give you a very accurate assessment of that risk that really, if you like, we've mimicked what would happen if you went to a doctor and the doctor would see you walk in, he'd look at your waistline, he'd decide, you know, is your waist at a size that I would need you to go out for blood tests? He's already thinking in his mind which blood test he's going to give you. He's going to check your heart rate, your blood pressure, and he's going to listen to your respiratory system. He's going to weigh you, BMI calculation, and then off into which specialist or blood drawer he's going to send you for. We do that digitally through a mobile phone very privately at home on your own. Yeah. And speaking of home and what you mentioned earlier, kind of teeing it up, Vlado, a lot has changed. You know, obviously since March of 2020, we go in lockdown in the world of how we think about how we consume technology, where we do it, and the ways of going about that completely were changed. And I don't think we're going to put those genies back in the bottle. And so, you know, obviously advanced human imaging is being able to take advantage of that in a good, good way. And, you know, on the website over at AHI.tech, you guys talk about some of the industries you serve. I can't wait to hear more about it from you. Mental health, life and health insurance. Obviously, we discussed digital fit or apparel and of course, fitness. But then all of some of the areas that you have the technology built for, you're talking about on your website, body scan, face scan, derma scan. Let's talk about current state. What is the offering? What are some of those spaces that I just discussed? What does that mean for the end consumer? What does that look like in the marketplace? Go ahead and unpack a little bit of what's going on in those offerings. Absolutely. So current state is what we call our multi-scan platform. And the first thing to understand about AHI and the technology and the manner in which we offer it is if you think about the power board you've got at the back of the stereo, you plug in your speakers, you plug in the stereo, you plug in the TV, you plug in the DVD player, the set-top box and so on. That's what we are. We're a series of plugs. So as an organisation, whether you're Microsoft, Amazon, Google, whoever you are, you might have some of those components already existent. So you don't want all of our APIs, applications, or you don't want all of our software development kits. You want pieces of what we have. So we've made it in a series of APIs and a series of SDKs. So people can pick and select. They want the face scan. And in the face scan, do they just want the vital signs? Do they want emotion? Do they want stress? What do they want from the face scan? So we're able to plug those in independently. So the current offering, we call it our multi-scan platform. The multi-scan platform allows an organization to 
utilize all of our capturing capabilities, whether it's the 580 dermascan capabilities, whether it's the nearly 30 deep vital signs capabilities, the body scanning for dimension across 12,000 data points, or actual body composition to understand health risk around diabetes, obesity, and so on. So they can choose from those products how to plug it into their own environment. Where we differ from a lot of the organisations out there that offer these technologies, we're not asking you to download our app and brand our app, your app, and get on with it coming into our world. We actually hand you over the black box. We give you the capabilities to actually use it on your side of the wall in your application only directly with your consumer, not your consumer to us back to you so that data flow is shared across the planetarium, so to speak. We give it to you to do it on your side of the fence. I think from a privacy and safety and data convergence and personalization perspective, it's a much safer way to be able to do that. And companies embrace this because they like to protect their consumer and they want to be able to look after them on their side of the fence with their own you know, firewalls and security and so on. So we empower them to do that. The only thing we do is, Mike, when you open up that app that's been given to you by a Fit Labs or whoever it might be in your world, we just tokenize the event so we know that you're allowed to use the technology on behalf of that partner. That's it. I don't know whether it was you, Betty Jane, or Paul down the road. I just know somebody from that organization has been allowed access and it tokenizes. It's a nanosecond that it takes. So it doesn't slow it down with zero latency. Wow. Thank you for that. And Vlado, you know, I'm personally very passionate. We've had a number of episodes dedicated to mental health and behavioral health on this podcast. I see one area you guys are dedicated to is mHealth. Discuss that a bit. I'm fascinated. How are you guys applying this technology to the world of mental health? I think COVID has accelerated mental health and not only from just the human, if you like, dependency on so much around them, but the restriction of movement, being locked in their home, the lack of of engagement. I worried about my daughters. You know, we had these lockdowns and my daughters aren't at school learning social skills. So this, from an emotional standpoint, there are a number of triggers that are measurable digitally that not only assist the individual to understand their state, but then through our platform, we give them a coaching capability to reduce stress, get their emotion down and converge if needed into primary care. So send them to a health expert from that. So we are not a diagnostic or a, if you like, a treatment company. What we are is an identification tool. And we give that data back to the partners that work with us, mental health organizations, diabetes organizations, insurers, and so on, to then adjudicate that data to know what the steps for care are. Mental health is one that when heart rate, blood pressure, respiratory rate, and emotion that is driven through the change in the pigment in the face can be detected. So we're able to identify that and the levels of mental health, if you like, stress an individual's under and the emotion that they're experiencing. It's just such an important part of what we do to be able to deliver this and be able to give it in a data form to a care provider to be able to analyse that and know how to deal with that and then to be able to track and longitudinally show the change through the treatment that would be provided by the partner to look after that individual. And that shows through the reduction in heart rate, respiratory rate, blood pressure, and so on, as they seek advice and the care that they need. It's quite a unique piece of the offering. And what I love about it is that it's just so deeply needed with what's happening right now in the world with COVID and capital markets and everything that's happening in the world that's applying so much more stress on individuals 
you know, the Fed increasing interest rates, homes are in jeopardy, loans are increasing. All of this really plays into mental health. And if you go back, you know, I'm 56, I'm not a young fella. So back in my day, my father was that bricks and mortar guy, just harden up and get on with it, keep steering the ship in one direction. Things have changed, right? It really does affect the workforce. It really gets involved in the diminishing ROI when it comes to your staff. So with the work from home thing, the ability to start at different hours of the day and all this, mental health is a big thing. And I think people are finally acknowledging that it's real. No, absolutely. And it's becoming part of the mainstream conversation within, you know, health and wellness and healthcare, and which is important, right? It should be just treated just like anything else. If I broke my arm or I blew out an ACL, it should be treated on the same lines as from my perspective. Right. So yes, absolutely. Vlado, I appreciate it. Another area I want to highlight in all these offerings, all these different applications of their technology for our community to learn more at is ahi.tech. We'll have that in the episode notes. But another area you talk about the technology, this is fascinating, right? One of the biggest killers on the planet is cardiovascular disease. And you guys have an offering called face scan. This is mind blowing to me. And it states the non-intrusive and easy to use method for measuring vital signs and risks associated with cardiovascular disease, heart attack, and stroke. How are you doing that by scanning the face? Mind-blowing. Absolutely. Now, it's not just the face. We do what we call a four-tier HRA, so health risk assessment. The first part of that is the face scan. And with the face scan, we identify if there's elevated blood pressure, respiratory rate, and the actual heart rate. Those blended together give you a quite a unique amount of markers that directly attribute to chronic disease around coronary heart disease and so on. What we would do in the health risk assessment, and we use a traffic light system, so it's red, amber, green. If you've got some amber, we want to accelerate you into the next step. And the next step is the body scan. The body scan will take your body circumferences, primarily primarily your waistline, hip-to-waist ratios and so on, because central obesity or central adiposity, as the doctors would call it, that is the primary risk area to say you have got excess fat around the vital organs of the body that lead to heart disease, cancers, stroke, type 2 diabetes, and so on. So when you think about the healthcare system, 86% of the healthcare system is dealing with non-communicable chronic disease that unfortunately as humans, we deal with them episodically. So it's when we go down for the count, we go to the doctor. And I mean... Again, I'm not a young fella. I'm from the School of Art Knox. I've really got to be sick to go to the doctor. But as humans, we need to look at that earlier. So rather than an episodic event taking place and you step in with a doctor and medication starts, have this tool to identify green, no risk, amber, some risk, and red, absolute risk. And that is something you can supply your doctor. So going back to your initial question, face scan is the initial part. We pick up those three vitals. We blend that data with the body circumferences and those ratios, as well as body composition. Now, we've built a medical-grade algorithm to do a a mimicking of DEXA scan. Now, those out there that are in the medical side understand what a DEXA scan is. It costs about 100 bucks. The machine itself is a $200,000 machine. We have collected probably one of the largest, I would say if not the second largest, up close to the largest, DEXA scan library in the world of ethnicities across countries of the world from Taiwan for the Chinese ethnicity through the US with Caucasians, Australia, India, Indonesia, Singapore. We have spanned the world because certain ethnicities hold body fat differently. So we've built this algorithm of real medical data 
to actually be able to do an identification and a, if you like, a digital DEXA scan of the human form. Now, that, when I compare against DEXA, I'm within 1% of a DEXA scan. That is mind-blowing from a mobile phone. Not easy to do, and it's taken us years. And as I said earlier, we're about 40 million deep on investment in just creating this technology itself. So it's quite a unique tool. But when you bring the face and the body scan together, we can identify three of the five chronic disease risk indicators. The other two are done from blood lipids. Now, that would normally be a blood draw. You'd go to a pathology center and get that blood draw, and the doctor would then evaluate you know, what those levels were. What we've been able to do through PPG capabilities on the phone where the finger goes on the back of the camera with the flash and we pick up blood flow through the light and the transdermal imaging of the, of the finger, we've been able to then blend that data after what we call a five-minute fitness assessment, which is how you walk, not, not at any pace, not at anything particularly exhausting, but we just ask you to walk for five minutes, lay on the ground, you rest the phone with our algorithm on your chest it captures your breathing and through the finger it gets the rest of the vital signs. From that, when we blend all of the data together with a couple of other little magic things that I won't mention because it's proprietary, we give you back blood lipids. Now, people will go bullshit. And forgive my French, I'm an Aussie. We tend to use profanity. It's uh, it's like the word... Uh, it's your episode, Vlado. You can say whatever you want, my friend. All right, I'm going deep, right? I'm going deep. So we look at that and people don't believe it. They say that is not possible. So we just did a trial which is one of many with a very large health provider in South Africa where they brought 12 of their staff into have a run with our technology and we did the full health risk assessment right down to cardiovascular disease, blood lipids, total body fat, the whole nine yards. They then put them in the clinic, they drew blood and they did all the same tests to come across the same measurements or achieve the measurements that we can do far more than they can in a clinic, and we were basically 0.9 against blood. Now, that is mind-blowing. We actually get up to 0.95 on blood, direct blood draws. So it's a pretty compelling capability when you can do that. I want to really bring it to the forefront. We're not trying to be a medical device here. We're trying to be a risk identification tool. We want to say across all of the different things we do, is there enough risk we have demonstrated for you as an individual, not you in an S3 bucket of 50 million other mics in the world, is there enough risk for you as an individual identified through our capability that we should push you to the next stage of care? That is what we're about. We're not trying to be the doctor. We don't want to replace these guys. We want to give them more data, more frequently, remotely, at a lower cost so they can continue to provide care outside of their surgery and be able to then bring the people in and care for them and unlock their waiting rooms by having that triaging capability of understanding who should be in there and who shouldn't. That is what we're really about as a company. Wow. That is some powerful, powerful examples of how the application and the tool and technologies are being applied. And you mentioned, Vlado, that there's millions of data points. A lot of people have had their hands on this technology. And I wanted to ask about data, but then I want to weave it into kind of where we're going to go next with the conversation, kind of future state, where the company's heading where this space is heading, what we should be mindful of as consumers and leaders in healthcare innovation that are rallied around this podcast. Vlado, what does the data mean? I mean, this must be such a rich data environment for you and the advanced human imaging team. What does that mean? What does that look like in regards to where you're going, the roadmap for products or otherwise, but more broadly in that intersection, Vlado, where are things heading on the macro from your 
you know, your vantage point and being an expert in this space. What should we be mindful of as leaders in this industry? And also where is advanced human imaging going as well over the next, call it two to three, three to five years? Listen, from advanced human imaging's perspective, what I've done that other companies have not done, or I don't feel they've done over the, you know, the capital markets crashes this year and two years of COVID and restrictions on capital access is I've applied my 30 years of capital markets experience to, to fund this company with the necessary capital it needed to really grow its prospects. And when I say that, it's through a combination of very strategic investments into other technologies that you know, we want to make sure we've got our foot on so that we're not renting the space, we own the space, but to also then acquire some companies that help me advance those capabilities into a deeper capability as an organisation. You mentioned earlier about the potential of companies that could buy this company out. Well, they don't want to buy leases, they want to buy ownership. So I'm very careful about how I build this strategically and probably why I'm the lead strategy person in the company and the founder is I really want to be for one of a better word, without any ego, the visionary, the person that's thinking, what's next, what's next, what's next, and how am I going to apply that and make sure I own my piece of the patch properly when we achieve that so that we're the go-to company when it comes to these capabilities. So yeah, we recently acquired a company out of South Africa called Vertica. Vertica was actually a digital partner of ours, and when we looked at their capability and what that achieved using our technology, it was an opportunity to acquire them and bring them into our suite and at the same time pick up around a dozen very, very smart science-backed digital capability people to bring onto our team for the expansion because I have found it harder to actually employ new people in the last two years with the restriction on travel than I have to actually just buy them and go out and buy great companies with super smart people, take great care of them and you know share the love and get on with growing a fantastic way to, you know, to help the planet get to a better, healthier you. So we bought Vertica. Vertica is why we have this digital blood capability. Now in our suite of products, they use our technology with a blender technology that they've also built. And these guys were the guys behind LifeQ in South Africa that I think was bought either by Nokia or BlackBerry. So these are not startup guys. These are real technology-driven healthcare people that know their way around the healthcare system and the requirements. So for advanced human imaging, I've really taken us from just simply being a body scanning capability to now being face scan, PPG, blood markers, being able to supply a health risk assessment that's clinically proven with over 300 million life hours uh, being utilised for the data. It's a real piece of technology that does something meaningful for communities. And uh, the vision for this over the next three to five years is to really execute on getting it into people's hands, getting it with the partners, showing the organisations out there that would potentially see us as competitors, why we're not. I've always talked about you know, disruption not being my goal. My goal when I sought, started this company was to be an augmenter of capability, to be a company that goes in and assists further capabilities, doesn't try to come in and say, we do that better than you and we're going to go and take that customer off. We would say, no, no, which part of what we do, do you need, and we'll give it to you. That is how this company has grown. That's how we've embraced you know, nearly 2,000 companies now wanting to use our technology, conversations with governments around the world right down to you know, telehealth providers in different countries. It is a real technology that can be trusted. And why on the mobile phone? If you ever wanted to live anywhere, it's got to be in the hands of every consumer where 
Yeah, it's a device they use. They most of the time trust, but what COVID has done is given, if you like, us a foothold in this industry with mobile phone simply because people are used to now checking in to get into a restaurant. They scan the barcode coming in. They show their vaccination. They're used to, at a certain level, giving up personal data. Well, we're not asking them to give up personal data. We're asking them to use that device they know and trust to actually assist them in understanding if they have any risk or elevated risk or just track the potential of increased risk over time. Well, thank you for that. And it sounds like a very exciting horizon for you as you think down the road, Vlado, and in regards to finding those key players that can help continue to build the roadmap for where you are heading as an organization. Exciting stuff indeed. But of course, let's bring it back to today and uh, let's discuss how our community that's rallied around this podcast can be helping you and the team. So what's that one problem, need, or question that you have that our community can be helping you with? I think if you're looking at the company and what we're trying to do, from a consumer perspective, setting aside we're a B2B organisation because the B ends up somewhere with a C. So we're business to business to consumer. And really it's what do we need to do from the B to the consumer when we give that partner this capability to have them embrace that? What is the message we should be conveying? Is it personalised security? Is it personalised data protection? Is it on-device capability so nothing leaves your phone without consent? I'd love to know what the message would be from a consumer looking in going, hey, I love the sound of this, but what's the but? What is it you're thinking that would give you some resistance, give you a choke point of why you may not want to use it that I could clear up for you? And then that's the sort of information that I don't necessarily resolve when I hand it to the partner, but I assist the partner in understanding this is an issue you want to make sure is front and center when you're talking to people so they really understand what this can do for them. Excellent. Well, of course, to have that conversation for our community members out there, Vlado, how can they get a hold of you? Social media handles, websites, or otherwise, how can they get a hold of you to have that, that discussion? I'm the most LinkedIn accessible person on the planet. I answer everything that comes to my LinkedIn. People often laugh at me because I'll do that. But easily, my email address is super easy too. It's vlado at ahi.tech. Not hard to remember. Uh, it used to be vlado.bosnac at advancedhumanimaging.com. Way too hard and complex. No one gets it right. So uh, we changed it. So vlado at ahi.tech. Would love to hear from anybody that I can both draw from or give them information. Well, easy enough. And we'll have those contact points in the episode notes. So everybody tuning in, just head down in your favorite podcast player to click on through to get a hold of Vlado and the team. You can head over to our free global online community as well over at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode where you can also leave comments and feedback, suggestions, or otherwise right in the episode notes down below where you can find those contact points online. Again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Vlado, we're almost out of here. Get you back to causing all that good trouble with your team. But before we let you go, we have a fill in the blank for you. I'm a passionate pioneer because? I like to look at problems other people are scared of and take them on. I love it. I love it. Vlado, thank you so much. I know we're literally on opposite ends of the globe today having this amazing conversation. I appreciate you staying up late. And for me, I was fired up to get up early to have this conversation with you today. Thank you so much for being with us. We look forward to continuing to following the journey over with you and the Advanced Human Imaging team. But for now, again, thank you so much for being with us today. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. I look forward to next time.
Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.